2: Get a quote at AAA.com slash insurance and save by bundling auto and home.
1: Hey everyone, this is John Rocha. One third of the Geek Buddies with this awesome ad for you. If you like this show and you want to make your own and some of you have reached out and asked us about making your own podcast, well, let me tell you about Anchor. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And now you can even add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes. The possibilities are endless for what you can create, whether it's music analysis, your own radio show, or something the world's never heard before. Go ahead and let your freak flag fly. everyone and welcome to another brand new episode of the geek, geek buddies
2: <gasps> <Hey>!
1: oh. <laughs> this is number two of three shows we've got this week we just did our oscars one for those of you who are into the oscars nominations who did an impromptu Oscars nominations conversation, which is almost at five thousand views. And so thank you very much for that. And we've also gonna we're also gonna plan our spoiler review for the book of Boba Fed finale. But this is the main show, the show we do every week here, uh, barring a holiday. We usually do every week, and we're gonna jump into a lot of geeky goodness. We got trailers, we got some comic book news, we got an overall conversation about Star Wars coming in our main topic. But let's introduce ourselves. I am the Outlaw, John Roca, writer, producer, and host here on the Outlaw Nation and the Geek Buddies, Mike.
2: Hi, I'm Michael Vogel. I'm a writer and producer of animated TV shows and movies. Shannon,
0: And this is Shannon McClung. I'm an animation writer and a television actor where you may have seen me on Brooklyn Nine-Nine, The Goldbergs, and Silicon Valley. And something
1: very soon. We we hope very, very soon. I can't talk about it. I can't talk about it. But, uh, but before we get going, we've got to give a lot of love here to Carbon Healthy, uh, the people who are sponsoring and powering Uh, The Geek Buddies and the Outlaw Nation now for the last few months. Thank you very much to them. And maybe you're asking yourself, if you're new, who is Carbon Health? Well, Carbon Health is the leading national health care provider with a mission to bring high-quality health care to everybody, urgent care, primary care, virtual care. They got everything going on. And look, the year is starting out here. Now you're starting to feel those cricks and cracks in the body. It's time to start getting checked out. If you haven't done your yearly physical, go and get that done. Listen, taking care of yourself there ain't nothing tough about not going to the doctor, right? Go there, get checked out. You need to get it done. They have 90 clinics in 14 states. They offer virtual care in 24 states, so you virtually have no excuse not to get yourself checked out because they believe everyone deserves good health, and they like making high-quality health care accessible to everyone. So just keep that in mind and go and check them out at www.carbonhealth.com and find a place near you. Uh, All right, uh, let's jump into our first thing here. Uh, Shannon, oh, oh, sorry. Uh, For those of you who are new, thank you very much for taking a chance with the Geek Buddies. For those of you who've been coming back every week, thank you very much for staying on the train. The way it works is each of us brings up a Geek News item. We take a little bit of a mini break and jump into our main topic. And as I said earlier, our main topic is going to be talking about all that's going on in Star Wars now after this Book of Boba Fett finale has landed. So, Shannon, I think you're starting us off first. What do we got?
0: with trailers 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 two that actually just came out a couple of hours ago as of this recording and one that actually came out uh, a bit earlier but the three of us i can safely say are super excited about it but the first one we're going to start talking about is our first big look at jurassic world dominion this is the third Ooh. part of the new jurassic trilogy that started with jurassic world this one is uh, bringing back Chris Pratt and Bryce Dallas Howard and it's reuniting them with Sam Neill Laura Dern and Jeff Goldblum so this trailer you know those pretty people look at those
1: pretty people they look
0: great I, I mean no matter what you feel about the trailer you can't deny that the three of those folks have aged incredibly well they all look awesome great to see them back on the screen together the trailer we might have some uh, some different thoughts. So I'll throw it Ooh. to you guys to start off. What did you all think of this wor- uh, look at Jurassic World Dominion?
2: Mr. Vogel. <laughs> I I have something I want to talk about and I feel really as it's a big guy I think I'm in an abusive relationship with the Jurassic <laughs> Park movies. I yes. I I I know that I do not like the Jurassic World movies. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, I mm-hmm. Jurassic World was cute and kind of fun, but really pretty ridiculous. The next one, I yeah. truly, truly dislike. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I don't think these mm-hmm. are good mm-hmm. movies. Okay, okay. I watched I this trailer and I was like, well... I'm going to see this movie. Like I, I'm going, like I'm going, like I, there are dinosaurs and they are yeah. running around and I see a raptor and I see a T-Rex. And then you throw some Ellie Sattler, Alan Grant and Ian Malcolm in there. And I'm like, I know that you put them in this movie mm-hmm. to try and convince me that it's going to be good. And I don't think it's going to be good. Right. But I got done with that trailer and I was like, I'm fucking going to this movie. I can't, I I, you play that Jurassic Park music and you put some dinosaurs on the screen and I actually don't care. I'm going. It, that's all there is. That's what that's what this trailer was to me. I was angry and upset at myself as I was getting excited watching it.
1: You hear the Attenborough voice, right, just to open that trailer. And it's a two-minute and 51-second trailer. So they, I think they know that uh, uh, Fallen Kingdom was not received the best, even though it did make millions of dollars. It wasn't that very well received by the fans and by the critics alike so the way you bring people back a you bring colin Trevorrow back who started this whole thing then Mm. you bring back the three people from jurassic park for the first time reunited them goldblum has obviously appeared in multiple installments but you bring all three of them back to reunite them with bd wong of course who was who's been the villain of the piece for some reason and then you add in some new cast members as well like one wise and other people involved in this campbell scott's apparently going to be in this and then you throw in of course chris pratt bryce dallas howard coming back to reprise their roles and i'm with you mike i haven't enjoyed the jurassic world series but i watched this trailer this morning i did a trailer reaction for it And I love the look of this. I love the feel of the vibe. of the way they're working everybody into this. We've got some good um, interactions. We've got people going off on their own. We have new team-ups happening. And then all of them coming together. A new trio with the old trio coming together to be a part of this whole thing here. But I don't know if their point is... Because it's four years after the dinosaurs have been wandering the Earth and in charge of the Earth, according to the synopsis. So... I don't know if they're trying to put the genie back in the bottle or if they're trying to figure out how to exist with these dinosaurs now, and this is just a new normal. I don't know. I wonder if it'll stand in for COVID and whatever symbolism, that kind of thing. I don't know, but I'm interested to see it. The cinematography looked great. The action sequences look fun. Even the motorcycle mission impossible sequence with the dinosaurs looked fun. The knife fight was interesting. So all of it, I think kind of check the or hit the right buttons for me and check the right boxes for me to want to go back and see but i'm with you i'm like i haven't liked any of these films that much but i'm hoping this one knocks it out of the park I, you, don't, you don't want to hate a film
2: you want to enjoy it it's not going to i i ugh. i don't know I'm, I'm not mad at you i'm mad at me it's aren't. not
0: <laughs> you it's me I make the movie. yeah right since since the lost world came out Way, a long time ago. was it ninety eight, I think it, was it ninety eight? It came out ninety seven.
1: Let me talk um, keep talking I'll, I'll
0: when keep talking. Ev- since talking. the lost world came out and for me, sufficiently underdelivered, my emotional connection to this franchise has been kind of permanently severed. 97, Jurassic park ninety seven. Jurassic Park three, I did not think was was good. It was nice to see Sam Neill back. Um, when Jurassic world came out, the thing that I enjoyed about that experience was obviously the spectacle. Like you know, these movies have always delivered on the spectacle level. And because it was such an unexpected hit, like they knew it was gonna make money. but I mean, it it so it it made so much money and it was so crowded. And I was like, wow this is this is a fun time at the movies even though i don't think what we're seeing is that great i'm enjoying the audience's reaction to this i'm enjoying that that communal energy um fallen kingdom i thought was real real bad yeah with this trailer we're seeing the dinosaurs in settings we've never seen them because it's always been in sort of a jungle setting in the park with the exception of the end of uh, Lost World. Mm-hmm. This, we're seeing them, it looks like they're in Montana. It looks like they're in Italy. I mean, yeah. seeing the dinosaurs in a different setting, bringing back the original cast, It's as as you both have already said, they are checking off an incredible number of boxes. I don't know if the sum of those parts is going to deliver a satisfying sort of capper to this to this trilogy but and they have said they want to make more like they want to you know of course we, live they the, we live in the age of ip where they, they recognize how much money dinosaurs bring in so they're going to keep making more i just don't know where the story goes at this, this
2: point this movie is going to make 11 billion dollars it's opening weekend yeah probably. it is it is going to make like i you'd look at that trailer and you just in just this morning before we hopped on, like gauging the reaction on Twitter, like it's going to make 11 billion dollars, and <laughs> and it's probably going to be disappointing, and we're all going to get on this show and be like, oh, woof. But <laughs> it it's a testament to what Spielberg did in the original Jurassic Park, and of course what Michael Crichton did when he wrote this book, right. uh, which I literally skipped school to finish wow. on a Monday. I started the book on a Sunday announced to my parents I was skipping school to finish Jurassic Park, and they were like, cool. Um, but, you know, you just see what Spielberg did with that first movie, the music, the dinosaurs, bringing them to life, the T-Rex, the raptor, just the iconic nature of these specific dinosaurs uh, that has maintained its popularity despite some very uneven movies themselves. Yeah. yeah,
1: And, and the trailer has beats that evoke...
2: That first, or the best moments
1: of the first Jurassic Park trilogy, you know, with the screaming into the face of the dinosaur. There was a lot of those beats. But I did like that dinosaur coming out of the water, attacking the deadliest catch crew. I was all about that. (laughs) And so for me, me, that really worked. And I love the snow stuff. I don't think we've seen the dinosaurs in the snow. So that's a new environment. As Shannon mentioned, the numerous countries or continents. Also, the snow stuff is new, which I really liked and loved how it looked.
2: I might be wrong. Have we not seen Dilophosaurs since the first movie?
1: Yeah, I think I might don't be think right. so. I don't like think, so like even like even so. that like even
2: like ugh, see this is this is the abusive relationship. I literally yeah. don't think this is going to be a good movie. We've talked about it for like ten. I Promise, minutes. I've changed. I uh, I promise I've changed. I promise I'm different this time. Um, but yeah, even just seeing the Dilophosaur again, cool. I was like, oh. You, you killed Newman and you're back. Like, okay. Oh, God. I'm going to be so... Where's that guys, bomb? I'm going to be so <laughs> mad at myself in the theater. I'm going to be anger eating my popcorn probably.
0: Well, Ju- Jurassic World Dominion starts making its 11 billion dollars <laughs> on June 10th. Yeah. And, you know, speaking speaking of Amblin because Jurassic World was an Amblin film, our next uh our next uh, trailer is for a Netflix film that really has the feeling of those Boy, old Amblin it. movies called the atom project so this one is starring ryan reynolds mark ruffalo jennifer garner this was a really interesting trailer. like we saw we watched the uh the uh netflix 2022 preview last week Mm. this is one of those films that we sort of glimpsed we didn't really have any idea what it was about but the fact that it is from the team who made free guy not just with ryan reynolds but with sean levy directing we got this first trailer which i gotta say this one actually has me very very excited but i'll throw it to you guys first what did you all think of our first look at the Atom project?
1: I liked it. I got to say, I liked it. I, I, it didn't give me, m- I got the idea. It's, you know, he's from the future. It's him in the future coming back. He's They're fighting off these uh, aliens for whatever reason or or whatever, uh, you know, future people coming to affect things. I liked it. Mark Ruffalo is, pro- is playing a scientist, it seems like, or an astronomer or something, some kind of science-based thing. And so how is that going to play into this, the scene where he says, Hey, Dad, and it's Ryan Reynolds saying it to Mark uh, Mark Ruffalo's great. Love to see Jennifer Garner finally getting a shot out of stop doing those kids stuff. And I know there's a kid in this, but this feels a little more adult. I like that she's kind of getting a chance to kind of do some stuff here as well. And Zoe Saldana, really curious, doesn't say a word in the whole damn trailer. I don't know why you show her and not let her speak a line or two, for God's sake. So to me, that kind of threw me off a little bit. Overall, though, I enjoy this is curious. I loved Free Guy. So the fact that Shaw Levy is coming back with Ryan Reynolds, I don't know, this this looks like a lot of fun rather than looking like cheesy or a waste of money or a bad sci-fi film. This actually looks like a tender, sweet, well-done film. What do you think, Mike?
2: Yeah, I mean, you nailed it with the Amblin thing. I mean, I was just watching this movie and I was like, this is literally my childhood. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I was talking recently with a really good friend of mine, May Cat, uh, a really talented writer out here. And uh she's a bit younger and she was really breaking down the whole Amblin era of movies as an era that she didn't grow up in that we all did grow up in yeah. and she really did sort of nail it in a very pure way that I was thinking about when I watched this trailer which is all those 80s in the all those 80s movies whether it be like E.T. Last Starfighter like Take Your Pick uh it was a kid in a situation with family or adults that mm-hmm. was problematic that was very real world And then a fantastical thing happened and that fantastical thing made his home life better safer stronger whatever so when you look at the setup of this movie even though we don't know the details of the sci-fi part of it the time travel part of it you really see like here's this kid broken family he misses dad mom misses him too don't really know what happened but life is not great this amazing thing happens him from the future comes back also if ryan reynolds shows up and says i'm you from the future you're pretty much golden because you know you're going to be a hottie but uh but like you then you get this great you get this great adventure and it, and and the adventure really is ultimately about bringing this family back together and whatever so it literally has those 80s amblin vibes like all over the place um and with the sean levy part of it like free guy was such a lovely surprise because when we all saw the trailers Ryan Reynolds in a movie where he's playing a non-player character. Like we, we all assumed it was going to be really funny Mm. and it was, but I think for a lot of us, what was really great about free guy is it's a movie with just a shit ton of heart. It's a really, 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 really sweet movie. And so if this is the team that has that balance, the same thing that Lord and Miller have, that's so great. If this is another team that has that balance of we can deliver the laughs the special effects the really funny moments like all the fun parts Mm. but we actually also know how to get the emotion and the heart underneath that like it that's always a winning combo and everyone tries to nail it and a lot of people just can't and this team has already proven they can do it once so i'm super excited
0: yeah and i and i think something really uh interesting about this is the young actor who looks like uh he's playing the young ryan reynolds um, Walker Scoble, who I believe this is his first movie. Wow. My goodness, does he nail Ryan Reynolds' delivery as a child? Not only does he look like him, but when Jennifer Garner, when they're in the car at the beginning, and he talks about, like, you think I'd be getting better at fighting right now, I'm like, my God, that is young Ryan Reynolds right there. <laughs> yeah. So, The Adam Project will drop on Netflix on um, March 10th, which is, yeah. or, excuse soon. me, March 11th, which is very, very soon, That's in our point. last trailer, which, you know, we we have all talked about separately. I'm sure John has talked about on several different shows was the second trailer for Lightyear,
1: yeah, which
0: just looks awesome. This is this is the story of Buzz Lightyear, the probably the movie of Buzz Lightyear that inspired the toy that we went on to go see in um in the Toy Story films. Uh, I'll throw it to you guys first, as always. What did you all think of our second look at Lightyear,
2: Mikey? I mean i don't know that like any trailer can come out and make any of us more excited than we already are for this movie but this one came close i mean it it looks fucking great like i don't like it's it pixar has graduated to the point where like they might legitimately give us the cg animated version of a big budget tentpole action film and we will literally eat it up like yeah. the thing that it really i kept thinking watching this trailer is this trailer is doing a meta version of what the entertainment industry has become in the past few decades. Like we all grew up watching as Roca has talked about this point. We all grew up watching the cheesy cartoon version of transformers yep. and we loved it. And then Michael Bay came along and Steven Spielberg and they made the big budget special effects, like brought the transformers to life. And here, we all grew up with Buzz Lightyear the toy. We all grew up with Toy Story, so sort of the cartoon version. And now they are giving us the big budget, live action, Chris Evans, like, special effects bonanza. And, like, we're all ready for it. Every single person I know is so stoked to see it. And also, like, this trailer, getting our first look of what everybody's assuming is a super badass looking emperor zurg like <laughs> they're going to make this cool like i everything about this i think is going to be just bonkers
1: yeah i mean i mean this looks like this looks great i mean i was worried like are they going back to the remember toy story 4 a lot of people were like why are we doing it wasn't some of the reaction wasn't positive for it but overall i i enjoyed toy story 4 and the message it was saying and you go back. Okay, now we're going to go to a prequel, and we're going to take away Tim Allen. We're going to bring in Chris Evans to voice the real life um, uh, Buzz Lightyear. And what are we going to tell? And the story looks great. And look, I did the reaction to it, and I like the ships in there. Look like the rises. Go uh, the Palpatine ships in Rise of Skywalker through the clouds. The dark uh, vibe of this thing in certain moments was great. The remake of Starman, the David Bowie song was great. All of that really, really worked. But in the end, the animation. The beats they're hitting here within the trailer uh, really get you excited. And the fact that we're bringing in all these other actors like Taika Waititi to be the voice. And, I mean, I got to put this up. You got a cat. You got a cat, an android cat in space, which is so great to see kind of gives that alien vibe kind of gives that you know pets in space in sci-fi that has been around for a long time so having kind of checking that box as well works really really well but yeah the zerg thing was very very interesting it reminded me a lot of the old school villain which i'd never noticed before but the way they had it designed in this thing it had shades of maximilian from the black hole There's the shoulders the thing going across i was like man this looks so i didn't even think of zerg in that manner ever when i saw the animated series or a, a trilogy, but or quadrilogy, whatever. But seeing him here in this, you know, in a supposedly live action but animated approach to this or human approach to this, I thought was really, really good. So, overall, man, this I'm excited now to see what we're going to get. And I got a feeling there's going to be a lot of emotions. I got a feeling he doesn't make it out of this movie. And that, he's gonna, oh,
2: he's making it out
1: of the. You are <laughs> so? sure. so funny.
2: You, every time a movie trailer comes out, you're like, this is the dark one, he's going to die. And then they're oh, nice. like, oh, no. I thought it was going to be darker. Like he's not going to die. I, a I star, think man. I'm just saying I think know. the opposite. I think that I think that uh I I have a feeling and although I love it when Pixar does original stuff obviously, um yeah. Pixar more than most nails a sequel. Like not all their sequels are great for sure Cars 2. But a sequel. This but what I'm saying is this movie if it does great and we are all here for actual buzz Lightyear star command action adventure sci-fi movie right they could start churning out buzz Lightyear live action sci-fi movies every couple years and i think we'd all be okay with it so Uh, just yeah we're out there now you bring
1: i mean yeah
0: yeah well i mean i mean addition to, to to the socks like i thought socks was just such a that's such a cool fun character great comedic beat a lot of thing about the comedy is there, there are some, there are some broad moments, but for the most part, and a lot of this, I'm going to credit to Chris Evans' performance that we've only seen a little of, it's very grounded. It's very honest. It is literally the thing that would have inspired a toy. Like, you know, you look at Tim Allen's performance and you, you turn it back a few turns of the dial. And I think we're going to get Chris Evans. And I think that's just such a unique take on this. And yeah, I mean, I think, I think Vogel is absolutely right. I mean, I think, Assuming this makes the $11 dollars that Jurassic World makes, <laughs> I think I think we are going to see more Lightyear films um, with this with this creative team behind it. Um, was there something else you were going to say, John?
1: No, I was going to say, does the the TV se- there was a series, right? Uh, Buzz Command Lightyear, Buzz, Buzz whatever Lightyear yeah. it yeah. Command. it was Patrick well,
0: Warburton was Buzz
2: Lightyear, and he's the human version, or is he? No, no, t- no,
0: no, no, that is that is.
1: Well,
2: I haven't seen it, so I don't he's, know Well so he now. is. I mean, yeah, Buzz Lightyear of Star Command, he's not the toy. I mean, it's not okay. a continuation of Toy Story. Like Buzz Lightyear of Star Command that the animated series was about Star Command. It was Okay. It is not this. Like there it was is, <laughs> it, no, is, I, it
0: was the animated spin-off of the big movie, what and this is the big movie.
2: Yeah, exactly. Like you like that's okay. the way you would think of it. Like this is this is supposed to be the movie that everybody went to go see on some summer and said, holy shit, this is great. And yes. then the animated series came out having very little to do with what the movie was. And it was okay. a very different, more car- cartoony. And then there was the toys. I mean, if you were going to try and put this all within the Toy Story universe, that that's yeah. how it's set up. But what was what happened in the Star Command series with all the alien characters, which were great, by the way. It was a great series. Yeah. Uh, is clearly not what's happening here where okay. Star Command looks to be comp- like human. Um, and seems to be stranded on some planet where they've been for a long period of time where they need to get home so it's that 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 seems to be what's happening here
1: okay so then he then he does live if you've got the series right because the series is a continuation of his adventures is i mean perfect? i think
0: regardless of that series he's gonna live
1: what no, i'm saying because like <laughs> turning him into a toy makes sense if he dies on a mission that makes sense to me
2: that's why he there's an this i don't, that's why I don't know, of,
1: I, don't oh, know if you've,
2: I don't know if you've gone to the to the to, to target on any summer Target. ever, yeah. yeah. If there is a big movie with a big action thing happening, wait, wait.
1: But in the world, they make of Toy action story, figures. He's a real person. No, 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 in, no, no. In the world of Toy Story, person.
0: this is a movie. This, this is, is a movie, movie in the oh.
2: world of Toy Story, which I thought we talked about
1: last time. <laughs> I was I'm the one sorry. who made this mistake. I, I,
2: I made this mistake last time. How did the mistake <laughs> jump over to you? Is this COVID?
1: I, you know what? Yeah, probably. Uh, well, uh, you know. So, so in essence, Buzz Lightyear never existed in actual, as an actual human being. It's just nope. the movie that movie. they used to. Okay. Then never mind. Because <laughs> I thought if he's a real human being, it's an homage to him to make the toy because as- he died on a, on a mission saving Earth not to bring up
2: not to bring up one of like the two times in life that i've been wrong about something but <laughs> oh lord but it's like, I was saying, like the, Hold on. The le- i'm getting the book out <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> the level of clearly in this movie like there are aliens there's robots there's this like this is not a movie that this is not like the world of Toy Story does not have this level of technology, sci fi, whatever. It, yeah, like, right. this is.
1: Okay. Well, I'm going to throw something else out there, Mikey and Shannon. It occurred to me as I was watching it. What if they mirror his journey in the film to Buzz's journey in Toy Story? And by that, I mean, it occurred to me that he might act- actually be on the planet that he thinks he's on. And these things, like, I'm wondering if he's being used as an experiment. Just throwing it out there. That I have a feeling there's a swerve in this movie. Uh, at some point that could make people be like oh and kind of connected to Buzz's journey when he thinks he's not a toy in Toy Story. So Maybe. I I
2: think I think that that could I mean listen, I wouldn't put anything past Pixar. I I feel like the sci-fi part of this movie is probably pretty straightforward in that there is a star command, they have been stranded, they're trying to get home, Buzz yeah. takes this ship out, encounters zerg and these yep. robots in whatever capacity i think the swerve is probably going to be one of those like amazing pixar emotional swerves where we're feeling a certain way and all of a sudden something happens and we get a gut punch and we all start weeping and we're like that that's that's what i'm expecting because that's what usually happens but i don't think he's <laughs> gonna die well we will
0: find <laughs> out June 17th in 2022, a week after Jurassic World Dominion. Oh my God. Is, is there room for two movies to make $11 billion when they release back to back? We'll find out.
2: I will say, you know, we talk about a lot with Spider Man No Way Home. And with this summer mm-hmm. coming up and with everyone still being concerned about being out in public and in crowded spaces, I will, I will guarantee you right now that both of those movies are going to put people in the theater. Oh, yeah. Like People yeah. are going to go out to see these in theaters. Absolutely.
1: Well, you're not taking little, little kids to Jurassic World Dominion. You're going to take them to Toy Store or to Light You. That makes more you, sense. You say that. God, I hope you're not taking little, little kids to that. All right, let's move on to our next story here. Uh, this one has to do with my man, Russell Crowe. My man, Russell Crowe, he's been cast in Craven. The new film that is coming out here, Kraven, the hunter, are you gentlemen excited about this? Russell Crowe being cast. It is, uh, It is uh, according to the Hollywood Reporter, they confirmed the news. His actual role is under lock and key, but they did say that many of the main characters are said to be Kraven's family members. And in the comics, it makes sense. He could be playing Sergei Kravinov, Uh Is said to be playing, I'm sorry, Nikolai Kravinoff who is the father of Sergei Kravinov, who Aaron Taylor-Johnson is playing here in uh, in this Kraven, uh, the Hunter film. So uh, are we excited about this? Do we like Russell Crowe being a part of this? Remember, he's also going to be in Thor, Love, and Thunder. So uh, do we like him like doing dual roles here uh, in this film? Uh, he seems perfect, doesn't he? Like He could play Kraven years ago in the 2000s, early 2000s. He'd have been a phenomenal craven. So see him now being the dad makes a lot of sense. Gentlemen, are you excited about this?
0: Well, there's also a character named Gregor way back when that was one of one of the folks that trained um, Sergei. Um, I mean, I I love Russell Crowe in, in anything, but no, like this whole movie, it's like no. I would I would much rather see Craven introduced in the mcu with spider-man i mean especially now that tom howland is way tech down okay. i would love to see him take on this this crazy russian hunter like i think that would be amazing mm-hmm. this movie i mean i do think there's enough in craven's backstory that you, you can make a craven movie i mean clearly they're going to mm-hmm. um it just to me it just seems like oh what a poor allocation of of the creative funds that we have here um the, the movie could be great i don't know but it's yeah. just it's you know it's another example of like oh really you're gonna you're gonna waste another spider-man character all right
2: like. You know, like when you were a kid and you would see the commercial for like Fruit Loops, the cereal, uh-huh. and you would be like, and you would be like, I really want Fruit Loops. Mom, please get me Fruit Loops. And then mom would go to the grocery store and she would bring you home a cereal that looked like Fruit Loops, but it was called like Fruity Circles. It was not personal, Fruit Loops. You have never experienced that. Cut that nonsense out. Maybe Shannon and I have, but you have <laughs> right. the to higher be fair. end
1: Froot Loops. Okay.
2: It may to be fair To be fair get out of To here. be fair, Mama Vogel did buy name brands. But in general, you know what I'm talking about. And what I'm saying is the MCU is Fruit Loops. And uh-huh. all of these like Spider-Man villain movies with no Spider-Man in them. Yeah. are fruity circles. They're Kirkland and I, is what you're and saying. And I don't <laughs> want fruity circles. I want Froot Loops. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's oh, yeah. what I'm saying.
0: The, the the Kirkland sweet spheres.
2: Yeah, I don't need the, <laughs> I'm done. I just, I listen. Yeah, yeah taking all of Spider-Man's rogues gallery and putting them all in all these movies. And, and look, maybe Andrew Garfield's coming in. Maybe they have a bigger plan. Maybe they're going to, maybe they're going to get me excited about fruity circles, Ooh, but like as of right now, I just, I want fruit loops. Okay, That's all I want. Well,
1: I mean, according to, well, I want to read this correctly. According to Collider, Tom Holland said, he revealed to Collider they had, they had a Craven centric, backup plan in place for the situation mm-hmm. when they were still debating this and said for a long time there was going to be a craven movie that was going to be the third movie because things weren't working out and all sorts of different stuff john watts pitched me this craven movie which actually was pretty cool so may, is this the way that brings spider-man the andrew garfield they said back not tom holland but maybe andrew garfield back into this situation i would be down with that and i also think craven can stand alone He's an awesome character, in my opinion, one of the best. And if you, you can't do Craven's Last Hunt without a Spider-Man. So if you're going to base it on that, which is a lot what the rumor is, then you're going to have to bring a Spider-Man in because you can't have him chasing Morbius or any of these other people. It doesn't even work. Or even Venom. It isn't going to really work. So at some you point. You say that. You yeah, say well, that. Well, Fair you, enjoy enough.
2: Those, you enjoy those fruity circles.
1: Uh, I don't. You know, I hate those fruity circles. Uh, I always got mad and stormed <laughs> off into my room. And my the delicious brand of Fruit Loops. Um, but, but, but we'll say this. I mean, I love Craven to pieces. So the fact that he's getting a standalone film is exciting to me, and Russell Crowe brings that like rugged male authenticity to the ro- to the to the atmosphere of the film. So I love that, um, and could be interesting. And they could turn him like they seem to be turning all these characters into antiheroes. Where Sergei is mad at his dad and doesn't like get along with it. Doesn't isn't as brutal or ruthless as his father. Morbius is going to be an antihero. Venom's an antihero. It seems like this is the path they're walking. With all their standalone films, so I wouldn't be surprised. Shin.
0: Uh, you know, I mean, again, a, a Russell Crowe performance opposite Aaron Taylor Johnson, who's an incredible, He's an, incredible actor. actor. Yeah. Um, um, not a good interview. Like, I don't know if you ever see you ever seen him on a talk show. It's like, <laughs> oh boy, you're you're really great with scripted material <laughs> without the words in front of you. Ugh. Um, Bruce but boy. yeah, <laughs> but I mean, I think Russell Crowe playing just like, you know, a big russian dude i think i mean that that seems that's a role tailor made for him but as vogel said i mean i i don't know i mean i i want to keep those toys in a different in a different toy box
1: but if we're gonna get his whole family members michael aren't you? i mean like this could be a fun film if we're gonna get like craven's family what if craven is like the runt of the litter that would be amazing and that's why he's got this (laughs) overdeveloped need to prove himself all the time because his entire family kicks ass and he's always being made fun of by his family this could be fun
2: sure man in 2022 i want nothing more than an entire family of people that hunt down endangered species and the main character that's supposed to hunt down a spider character who may or may not be in the movie i'm i can't wait
1: oh i'm fine fine (laughs) (laughs) all right mike what do we got next then we'll see you know they don't even have a release date for this thing it's coming out at some point uh they have even started shooting so we'll see uh down the road but i want to keep tabs on this because i love
2: Craven. uh mike what do we got next well you keep tabs on that and i will enjoy the name brand cereal because we are jumping over to the mcu ladies and gentlemen uh and in other casting news this week uh it's been deadline revealed that uh in the height star anthony ramos uh who if you saw the movie uh everyone was a big fan of his performance thought it was definitely his big star turn uh is set to have a undisclosed key role in marvel's new iron heart disney plus series Uh, So, Ironheart, if you don't know, uh, is all about Riri Riri Williams, a genius inventor uh, who reverse engineers Tony Stark's Iron Man armor to create the Ironheart suit and becomes kind of one of the newer heroes Mm. of the MCU. And as we look at the MCU kind of building out that next generation of heroes with a lot of the young Avengers showing up, Riri Williams is definitely a part of that. So, a lot of people very, very excited about this. Uh, Shinaka Hodge is tapped as the head writer on the series, which for the Marvel shows is basically the equivalent of the showrunner mm. um not a lot is known but the rumors are that this role that anthony ramos is playing is kind of a lot like what happened with jonathan majors as uh as in the loki series where he was introduced uh in that series but by playing kang definitely has a much bigger role so there's a lot of rumors going around that whatever anthony ramos is doing he's playing a much bigger role that he'll be introduced in iron heart but he has the that marvel has bigger plans for him which is really exciting. And Anthony Ramos having a great year. After doing In the Heights, uh, not only is he going to be entering the MCU, but he is also in the next Transformers movie, which Johnny is very excited about, Transformers Rise of the Beasts. So yay, Anthony Ramos. Yay, MCU. What do you guys think? Any guesses on who he's playing? Any thoughts on who this might be?
1: Shannon
0: um you know it's interesting like you 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 see a character who's in sort of a scientifically based series we start to think about scientists Hmm. and you know one of the scientists who has not been cast yet is Reed Richards I don't think he's going to be Reed Richards but that's the first that's the first name that popped into my head was like oh my gosh because I don't think they're gonna do I don't think it's going to be a one-for-one with the Jonathan Major situation. I don't think Ramos is going to be a bad guy. I think he's Mm. going to be a good guy that is going to pop up in something else. And, again, just thinking of scientific characters, Reed Richards is the one that popped into my head.
2: Okay, I Uh, did not even think about that.
1: Yeah, I didn't think about Reed either. Uh, I mean, Nova's the first one because Nova's half Hispanic and it kind of fits for Anthony Ramos. Um, uh, If they do Reyes for Ghost Rider, it could be him. Uh, being a part of this, uh, Robbie Reyes, so he could be a part of this as well. So that's kind of where my mind went because, I mean, Ironheart is, only came out in 2016, so it's it hasn't had a, a lot of time to develop like a huge rose gallery um, of villains, necessarily, or people, and she's going to make her debut, uh, Riri Williams, in Wakanda Forever. That's what was announced mm-hmm. yesterday, or mm-hmm, kind yeah. of rumored it. So what does that mean? Like, she, you know, we talked about, we, we dropped the news about Shuri possibly, maybe, Letitia Wright, what have you, maybe staying, not staying, this whole idea with the vaccins, vaccination situation. But she,
2: it sounds like she's back now. Like It does. Like, it does yeah, but, Letitia, Letitia Wright's back. Shuri but, is back in the
1: mix. Right, but what level she's back at, we don't know. Is she back just for this movie and they're going to move her off and maybe Riri takes that spot that they were going to set up for her because of this situation? I don't know, but it's curious that she's going to be in Wakanda forever. What's the launching pad is it connected to what they set up at the end of Black Panther, those institutions there is in those schools and all of that? Is that a connective tissue? I don't know. So very yeah. interesting to see how that's going to all line up. But, I mean, Nova would be fun. We've been having Nova teased for quite some time, rumored to be in the Guardians of the Galaxy stuff, hasn't quite shown up yet, just like Warlock or Adam. We don't know if Adam Warlock was going to show up or, or whatever in that case. So it's, there's been a lot of teasing of it. I would love to see him as Nova, and that's a character that can jump to multiple uh, movies overall and not be Kang. So, yeah, that's possible. I mean, whereas Ghost Rider is very limited it could be a part to what he can be a part of, you know, Blade and the that kind of stuff. It just wouldn't be quite the same, in my opinion. More street level, I guess, whereas Nova can jump to multiple places.
2: I mean, I have a feeling that if, when they do Nova, it's going to be a much younger character, uh, the way that Nova is in the comics now as part of, like, stories. the outside... The Nova that's in the comics now, uh, okay. is a much younger kind yeah. of like a contemporary of Miles and Kamala and everyone else. So like I think that I think that if he, I, I just have a feeling that they're gonna go that, but I could be wrong. They could switch things up and he could absolutely be Nova. Um, the Reed Richards thing is really interesting just because yeah. I think that whatever they're going to do. With the Fantastic Four is going to be so different than anyone is expecting. So almost the fact that I didn't think about that makes me want it to sort of be something like that. I'm excited. I mean, whoever he's playing, you know, Marvel does a really good job of bringing in really charismatic actors and actresses to portray these roles, and people who are really excited to play these roles and want to play them for a while. So you know, I mean, as you as we've seen with the kind of first several phases of the MCU uh it's great to bring these people in and have them around for multiple years and multiple movies so that the story really does get to unfold in what feels like an organic way so whoever he is i'm glad that he's hopefully in it not just as a one-off but uh for a while
1: uh rob Brickenek at gizmodo suggested possibly blackheart
2: uh the demon has never had a human form in the
1: comics but that's rather easily adjusted and riri has fallen under his spell before so that could be an interesting choice if they go that route i don't know much about blackheart (sighs) But maybe.
0: Yeah, that just doesn't seem like a character that would stick around as long as like like a Kang is sort of forecasted to do. Um, And again, I don't think it's going to be a bad guy. I think it's going to be a hero.
1: Right. Yeah, I'd rather it be a hero. I'll be honest with you. I would love it myself. But but remember when people said, hey, In the Heights didn't have any stars.
2: Well, that... Well, at at the time...
1: (laughs) people still trying to tell me never mind i don't want to get upset all right anyway let's uh okay well there we go that's our conversation here for the first three geek news items we're going to take a quick break and we're going to jump and have a overall conversation about where star wars is now after the finale of the book of Boba Fett, and where it's going with kenobi on the horizon right after this do do
0: do 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 what is going you, remember,
2: you remember when the In the Heights trailer came out and Johnny said he didn't like rap musicals and now he's Oh yeah, I, I remember very, very clearly. Clear. I remember that. remember that. Very, remember very that? clearly. Remember that? I just want to...
1: Well, you know... I wanna, have to change their minds. I'm hey, I'm glad <laughs> you changed your mind. You're going back to a third I'm, Jurassic World movie. I don't want to hear it.
2: Oh, oh God, guys. It's not It's not you. It's me. It's not you. It's me. I've changed. I've changed.
1: <laughs> so uh, real quick, speaking of change, we started... Um, Oh, damn it. What's that freeform show with the girl who's drunk and she's like trying to stop being an what alcoholic? Is
0: it, what is it? Single drunk female? Is single that drunk what it's female. Called?
1: Damn good. Couldn't recommend uh-huh. it more. Really, the first four episodes are, I think the fifth episode drops today as we're recording this. I'm really enjoying it. It's actually damn good. So let it all out. All right. There. All right. Anyway, um, we're jumping in now to talk about our main topic here for the next few minutes. Uh, talking about Star Wars here, the Book of Boba Fett finale happened uh, just a couple days ago. And uh, of course, we're going to do our review probably tomorrow night. If we can line up the schedules, Mike, I'm talking to you. If we can line up the schedules, we're going to try to go live and do it tomorrow night. Uh, But, yeah, this is now. And then we got the poster for Kenobi dropped hours after the finale dropped. And there was a lot of people who were arguing still over the finale. And then the Kenobi poster, some people were excited about Kenobi poster. Some people said, oh, great, more sand. Uh, so there's a lot of battles over all of this and we still have and or on the horizon. We have all this stuff coming forward. There, there, there's rumors about a second season of Boba Fett, certainly tomorrow Morrison saying I'd like to come back and get some revenge on Mace Windu. And certainly for no sp- and spoilers to anybody who hasn't seen the finale spoilers here. Uh, so if you haven't seen it, stop here, go and do something else, come back and listen to our discussion. But he says at the end well what was the maybe i shouldn't have done all this maybe we shouldn't run uh run MOSS, but let's get on out of here essentially so that could lead to a whole thing we had the mandalorian here with the grogu showing up for two episodes we had a cgi luke and ahsoka Tano. we had that series coming as well so there's a lot going on here to take stock of mike i go to you first like what is your feeling about what we just got and then where we're headed now with Star Wars and the reaction of the fans yesterday, both in support and in rejection, shall we say, of the Boba Fett finale?
2: Well, we'll talk in more detail about the you Boba will. Fett finale and Boba Fett overall in our spoiler review, which everybody should absolutely check out because it is sure to be a humdinger of a conversation. Yes, um, but in general, like, like, look, despite me not being overwhelmingly thrilled with the execution of the finale of Boba Fett and thinking that the series was a bit uneven in general I'm really happy with where Star Wars is like Mm -hmm. like I I could not be happier overall with where we're ending up and where we're going like do I think that do I think that the journey of Boba Fett coming out of the Sarlacc pit into where he and Fennec Shan and everybody are in Mos Espa at the end of the of the of the series was smooth sailing and as good as what we got with Din Djarin and Grogu and their journey. No, it was definitely bumpier. It definitely did not had some things that I th- wished that they could have done differently. But overall, Boba Fett and Fennec Shan kind of solidifying their position at Jabba's palace on on uh, on, uh, on in Mos Espa mm-hmm. and kind of. Making big changes in the world of organized crime in a galaxy far, far away—it all worked. It all executed well. Dinjarin and Grogu back together. Dinjarin has a badass new ship. That's exciting. Uh, we know where Luke is. We know what he's doing, and we know that Ahsoka Tano is about to go off and hunt down Grand Admiral Thrawn, presumably to find Ezra Bridger. So, you know what? what I think the best part about what we're seeing is that Filoni. Um, with Favreau and with Steph Green and with Deborah Chow, with Bryce Dallas Howard and with this amazing team that he's put together is taking all of the stories that they told in Clone Wars, the animated series, all the stories they told in Star Wars Rebels and um, the skill with which they took all of the characters that we knew and loved and yeah. added all these brand new characters in. And they're executing that in live action now. But in effect, what we're getting is a live action continuation of what they probably would have done in an animated sense at some point anyway and i think that they're doing it really well it's not perfect Mm -hmm. it's not ideal there are some directors that i would prefer maybe don't come back to do more star wars (laughs) but as far as where the story is going i think they're hitting their stride okay shannon
0: uh, you know, I, again, we will go into more detail about the about Boba Fett as a series. Sure. It it's like you know during the credits when you see that concept art. Um, I think based off that concept art, there was a really great show that may not have translated to what we actually got. Um, in terms of the Obi Wan poster. Uh, I, I don't know. The more sand comment is kind of silly to me. It's like, okay, we know where he is right now. <laughs> like, if you were to see a, po- like, if he was on a starship, it'd be like, well, wait a minute, he's on Tatooine. Why don't you show like, I, Like, it, it seems like there, there was probably no right way to do this poster for, for, uh, for yeah. everyone involved.
1: Some people but just like to grouse about it.
0: It just, yeah. it just was such so, that's just such a silly complaint to me. I mean, and and again, in the days of the it, in the cut and paste poster, I like that we got something like that. I like that wider shot. I got that, you know, you get this solitude of this dude by himself on this sort of kind of barren wasteland of a planet. I thought it I thought that was handled really, really well. And in terms of Obi-Wan, and Andor, I mean, I'm excited as much as I enjoy most of what Favreau and Filoni have done. I'm curious to see what something on Disney Plus with Star Wars looks like without their involvement. Mm. Um, That they're not necessarily directly working on this stuff. I mean, Andor to me, to me, that's the biggest question mark. I mean, that's the one I'm really excited to see because Cassian Andor and K2SO were just, they were just such a great, hair um and knowing that we're we're already going to get a season two of andor and also i think they said it was 10 episodes or 12 episodes i mean it's yeah. a longer order than we've gotten for gotten from a star wars show in a while i think i think mandalorian season one and two i think they both had 10 episodes um but i'm excited to see what that looks like and also with obi-wan again the the work of deborah chow in mandalorian season one was just so outstanding seeing what she can do with a character that never really got for some folks never really got his just desserts on the big screen. Um, I'm really excited to see what the, what this Obi-Wan series is, especially with the news if it's true. And it seems like it probably is the role that Rupert friend is playing.
1: Right. The grand inquisitor. We should talk about that. I mean, like, what do you guys think about that? Uh, Mike uh, Rupert friend coming in the grand inquisitor being a part of this. How is that going to play into things? Are we going to get... There have been rumors about Mara J, There have been rumors about uh, so many people popping up in this. Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Will she play rumors Leia? In,
2: rumors, in, rumors about Star Wars characters coming into the fold. That's crazy. That never happens. Uh, no, like, the, the, the Grand Inquisitor is actually really, really cool. I mean, for anyone yeah. who doesn't watch the animated series, in Star Wars Rebels, which takes place, uh, you know, sort of between the end of the prequels and the beginning of A New Hope, Uh, when they had Ezra Bridger and Kanan Jarrus, who were sort of our Jedi characters, you know, you needed someone for them to fight against, but there's no more, you know, Darth Vader's the big bad guy. And although Darth Vader did eventually come into the series, they introduced this idea of Inquisitors, which are force-wielding characters that worked for the Emperor, that weren't necessarily full-fledged Sith, so they were sort of allowed to exist, and they were sort of the Emperor's watchdogs. They were out hunting anyone who had uh force powers to make sure that uh, the jedi never rose again so the grand inquisitor was a great character the other inquisitors that came in were a great character so much so that they've continued to expand in the comics in the video games with Jedi Fallen Order. Like the Inquisitors are actually legitimately a big part of Star Wars. You can see them walking around at at Galaxy's Edge uh, and Disneyland. Like the Inquisitors have made the cut to walk around characters. So as we kind of, and this kind of gets to Shannon's point about the sand, is I'm curious how much time we spend on Tatooine and how much we potentially spend other places. Like we all have this idea of Obi Wan Kenobi, sort of Luke is born. He goes to the desert and he hangs out there until he gets picked up and goes to the Death Star to fight Vader. But there's nothing to say that Kenobi's adventures in that 18 year period yeah. didn't require him to go other places as well. So uh, with the with the idea of the Inquisitor, the Grand Inquisitor, and potentially other Inquisitors coming in knowing Hayden Christensen, uh, is coming in to reprise his role. Like there's a lot going on for Kenobi to deal with, which I think is really, really interesting. High ground. Oh, the high ground. I
1: I love, I mean, this is a, I mean, he looks just, he looks like it's an easy swing, uh, move into being the grand inquisitor with some makeup, the face already kind of constructed to look like this. So I'm excited to have Rupert friend be a part of this and, and uh, see what he can bring to it. And, Give another more dangerous element to this thing that isn't Vader. Not a default to Vader every time. You've got to have other villains, other kind of things that'll take your attention. So I like that this is a, a, a part of this and on, on what we're going to get here throughout uh, this new era of Star Wars and all the shows that are coming up. There's so many shows that are coming up from Star Wars as well. But you know, uh, go ahead, Mike. You keep uh, taking it. What were you going to say?
2: No, 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 no. Keep going. I was just, I was just breathing.
1: Oh, oh, okay, okay. Sometimes I, when you take the intake of breath, I go, okay, here we go. What do that's, we
2: got? That's called survival.
1: <laughs> but look, Bad Batch season two is supposed to be coming and or later on in the middle of the year of this year. Um, Ahsoka, the Acolyte, the Lando series, the Rangers of the New Republic, whatever that's going to look like. Uh, and of course, Rogue Squadron has kind of been put on the shelf for now. But I mean... If you look at the end of, uh, yes, you could argue Book of Boba Fett a little bit uneven um, as a starting point, right? You could say that for sure, but y- you can tell that they're spending the money to yeah. make these things look damn good. They're bringing in a nice stable of directors, women, people of color. It's a nice mix of people. And then we're going to have other people, as Shannon mentioned, we're going to go into a series here that does not have necessarily Favreau and Filoni at the top of the list dictating what we see here in this series of course they're going to be advisors but not be the people pushing this thing forward and so that makes me excited to see the different again more voices different voices showing us star wars having some fun with it and what have you i just hope the fandom can relax a little bit for a while and just kind of let this thing find its feet finding its feet on screen is a separate animal like finding its feet on on disney plus is a separate animal and if you can be patient with the Marvel shows, you got to be patient with these shows as well. You might. I, do think,
2: I do think that, I mean, look, Star Wars is, a lot of people have a lot of feelings about it. A lot <laughs> of people love it a lot. A lot of people have come to it in different eras at this point, And yeah. you have your characters that you love and other people don't love those characters and everybody gets really mad at everybody and has a big fight. But I think the the longevity of Star Wars is what's really interesting to me. As much as the three of us, didn't really care for the prequels when we saw them the concept of the jedi council and them being pulled into this war this uh you know into the clone wars themselves uh and becoming like peace peace fighting peacekeepers becoming generals in Mm. the army of the of the of the republic like that has become really cool we didn't love it when we saw it but we we dig it now Um, And I think what Filoni and Favreau are doing here when you when you really see what's happening is the idea that the Grand Inquisitor and the Inquisitors themselves, something that came out of the animated series that has now become a major part of Star Wars that's being used to weave in and out of this story. It's the same thing they're doing. Bad Batch season two. We're going to continue the story of these clones and Omega and the clones. Again, something that we all thought was maybe a little bit silly when we saw the original movie. We now love Rex and Cody and the Bad Batch and the fact that Boba is part clone and his sort of half sister Omega is out there somewhere potentially like they've just created these threads and with Ahsoka Tano herself like Ezra Bridger, Sabine, Ahsoka. You know, I went back recently and was rewatching the Clone Wars episodes, uh, all of the Mandalore episodes Mm -hmm. with the Darksaber and Death Watch and just the history of Mandalore. And again, this is something that they just made up for the series that is now probably going to be most of what season three of The Mandalorian is about. We've introduced Bo-Katan, the Darksaber, all of these pieces. So I think what is the most exciting, look, Robert Rodriguez, maybe you loved what he did in Boba Fett and you thought the series was amazing and you were 100% satisfied. Maybe you felt a little let down after episodes five and six kind of really got you where you wanted and you didn't feel six was great. But I think the thing to kind of take away from all of this is that for the first time ever, we aren't sitting going, huh. I wonder what happens to Luke's to Han and Leia's kid. I wonder what happens to Luke next. I wonder what happens to Lando. Like those characters are all still there and as we discussed last week there's the technology is now there that potentially they can be a part of some of these stories. Yep. But the fact that we have clones, Jedi, gray Jedi, Mandalorians, all of these characters who we really care about where they're going in this 30-year gap before Rey and Finn and Poe show up. Like that's the thing that I'm most excited about. Yeah, sure.
0: um, with Rupert Friend, I mean, going back to Rupert Friend, yeah. um, you know, I, I saw some some criticism about like why didn't they just bring Jason Isaacs back? Which I was kind of like, ah, that's fair. I mean, uh, Jason Isaacs is is a bit longer in the tooth than yes. Rupert Friend. Yeah. Um, but if you if, you know if you're f- familiar with his work, either from the Hitman movie, which is you know not a great movie, but mm. he's solid, or if you were familiar with his work from Homeland, I mean, Rupert Friend plays a great cold reptilian character Mm. and there was such a big deal made about Hayden Christensen coming back as Vader for this that you know we're interested to see Obi-Wan take on the Grand Inquisitor Obi-Wan take on Vader I'm curious now I'm not as up on my Star Wars lit as um, some of our audience and definitely both you but I'm curious what is the Vader Grand Inquisitor relationship like I'm like, yeah. I feel like that's probably an interesting relationship to explore. I think maybe we got it in Rebel Season 2. Yeah. We, we may have seen a little bit.
2: Mm, maybe Alluded a little to. bit, but I think yeah. the Inquisitor. Well, but it, it to... wasn't the
0: Grand Inquisitor. <laughs> it was it was the two that followed that I feel like right. Vader did have some yeah, deal with. Vader, I mean, yes, yeah.
2: So in general, Vader was Grand High Pooh. I mean, Vader is the Sith apprentice to, you know, Palpatine. So in the whole world of the Sith where there can be only two, they're the two. Yeah. So even in the comics, I think it came up a few times. And I think it is like Vader tells the inquisitors what to do. Mm-hmm. Like the inquisitors are scared. Everybody's afraid of Vader. Yeah. Like the inquisitors are like if Vader shows up. You're like, no, fuck this shit. Like he, I, I do what he says. And if he tells me to jump, I, I jump how high. Like, yeah. so, I, so again, I, but, but that is kind of where we end up. To your point, we don't know how much of Hayden Christensen, how much of what we're going to see is flashbacks, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. how much of this is going to be him as Vader at the beginning. I mean, I think what a lot of people are really excited about, you know, when you think of the end of Clone Wars, when we see Vader for the first time, when he shows up on the planet where Ahsoka and Rex crashed and he kind of finds the lightsabers that he gave Ahsoka... Everyone made a very big deal. Like when you look at the reflection in his eye behind the mask, it's not like the red eye that Vader becomes. It's still sort of the, like, there's a period of time where Anakin becomes Vader, puts the helmet on, but is not, people think, completely overtaken by the dark side yet. Has not become the complete cold, dark bastard that he becomes as Darth Vader. And if this series explores any of that, And what that relationship is with the Inquisitors, that could be really, really interesting as well. Yeah,
1: questions of himself or questions of how, you know, because once you take something on, you don't know until you start doing it what is going to be demanded of you, what you're going to have to do. So in a way, that's a great point you bring up, like seeing Hayden get to do some acting other than just responding back to Kenobi, but maybe even having some scenes where he's confronting his own uh, concerns about what he's doing and how to having to squash them, kind of like Ben Solo did, or they tried to show Ben Solo doing in the sequel trilogy. This idea of going fully over into the darkness and what it really costs him overall.
2: I mean, I think well, I, my brother and I were just talking about this this past weekend. Like one of the things that I appreciate the most out of Clone Wars, the animated series, is that it made it made it made Anakin Skywalker actually one of my favorite characters in Star Wars. Right. Yeah. Like Hayden Christensen's. I'm not going to blame Hayden Christensen's acting ability because I think, I think everybody in the prequels has some pretty clunky acting moments, including <laughs> Natalie Portman and Ewan McGregor, who we know is to be great actors. But I think that part of Anakin's fall to the dark side in the prequels, again, in my compi- in my opinion, because they're not necessarily my movies, is a little clunky. And obviously Padme and him thinking Padme is dead uh, is the big moment where he sort of turns and just resigns himself to the Emperor. But in Clone Wars, they did such a great job of showing those hints of the dark side, showing him questioning the Jedi Order in smaller ways. So if they use this series, to kind of show Hmm. us that middle ground and kind of smooth that out. Like he thinks Padme's gone, but he's not all the way gone. But you can see whether it be Palpatine, maybe the Inquisitor through Palpatine, sort of poking at him and prodding him and pushing him a little bit further. And maybe this whole thing that happens with Kenobi is the thing that is the final nail in the coffin for Anakin Skywalker. And if they can sort of smooth that out in this series in the same way they did on the animated side in Clone Wars, that could be really, really exciting.
1: Yeah. I mean, losing the two most important women in his life, arguably through his own actions, which he could consider, could be an incredible amount of guilt yeah. to confront and navigate um right after he's become Vader. And you know, I yeah. know this is some years after uh that Kenobi takes place, but still they could all be haunting him. And wouldn't it be something if we saw a Natalie Portman flashback or something like that? Just yeah. her in for something. That would be so fucking cool, man. Maybe, my, maybe
0: maybe they've got some leftover footage of her napping, and they can pull an end game. Uh, you, know, uh, you know.
2: Well, but even I mean, look, even we now live in a world where, and you know, we saw this. You know, the the same way that everybody in Ma- in Mandalorian in Book of Boba Fett, the same way that everyone in Book of <laughs> Boba Fett, uh, the sec the second that you see Luke and Ahsoka on screen together yeah. in live action, everybody lost their shit. To even have a moment where hayden christensen and ewan mcgregor as the live action versions of these characters yeah. even off-handedly mention ahsoka right or some like like you will have star wars fans just go that moment will get like instantly memed a thousand times do will be like holy shit, it's great to be a star wars fan like so oh. i think i think we're in store you know again aside from maybe a couple rocky moments I think we're in store for a bunch more. Holy shit. It's great to be a star Wars fan moments coming up in the next couple of years. Yeah.
1: as the full universe expands for sure. Uh, all right. Well, there we go. That wraps up this episode of the geek buddy. Thank you all so much for joining us or listening to us. Remember, you can always listen to us on our podcasts uh, of this show in case you don't want to see our pretty faces or Laura's pretty face or Emma's pretty face, or Kalinowski's rugged, pr- ruggedly pretty face, you can always listen to us <laughs> on the Geek Buddies podcast stream for sure, wherever you download podcasts. Shannon, what do we have to tell you?
0: Yeah, if you'd like to follow us on social media, on Twitter, it's at Geek underscore Buddies, on Instagram at the underscore Geek underscore Buddies. Mm-hmm. If you'd like to follow me on social media, on Twitter, it's at Shannon underscore McClung, on Instagram at Shannon the Geek Buddy. If you would like to follow Mr. Vogel, it is at MK2, and if you would like to follow Mr. Roca, it is at the Roka Says. Mikey?
2: Um, if you enjoy us talking about carbon health, abusive relationship with dinosaurs, and John Rocha's dislike of rap musicals until he loves rap musicals, you know what? Uh, this is the place to do it. And if you want us to continue talking about that stuff, here's what you can do for us. Uh, hit that like button below right now. Take a minute. I know you're like, oh, I don't need to do it, but we love it when you do it. Please just hit that like button really quickly. Subscribe to Johnny's Outlaw Nation page. Check out all the amazing content. Leave your comments below. Um, What are you excited about Star Wars? What did you think of the trailers? Who do you think Anthony Ramos is going to be? And tell us why you don't like those Spider-Man movies. Uh, Let us know all of that below in the comments. If you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, take a quick second to leave us some stars, uh, some comments. It helps us go up in the rankings. And as always, the best thing that you guys can do is retweet this video, post it on your socials, and tell all your friends that they should come and hang out with the Geek Buddies. There
1: you go. All right. Well, thank you all so much. And thank you very much to carbon Health powers and sponsors the geek buddies and the outlaw nation they are a leading national health care provider and as we said you want to get yourself checked out maybe you're a guy who keeps going back to those jurassic world films you got to get your heartbeat checked out get your mind checked out all of that is available to you maybe you're into the star wars stuff maybe you got upset you threw something against the wall and cut yourself because you were angry at that boba Fett finale whatever it is Go and head over to carbonhealth.com. See that they have all these clinics available for you, either virtual or in person, and see if they can see you today and get you checked out. Some days, some depending on where you're at, you can get same day appointments. And we know now it's really difficult to get in to see healthcare professionals. So the fact you can get same day appointments, that's a positive thing. See if that works for your area. All right, Carbon Healthcare, they're a leading national health provider. They believe healthcare should be accessible to everyone just like the Geek Buddies are, ladies and gentlemen, just like the Geek Buddies. All right, y'all take care of yourselves. Be well, and we'll talk to you next time with another brand new episode from the Geek Buddies!